I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife, Radhi and I would go on our adventures, I'd meticulously plan out our itineraries and book our accommodations in advance. It's like a yearly tradition that we do. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to every step of the way. Whether I want to be a simple guy nestled in the countryside or be the stylish and modern guy in the heart of the city, Booking.com never fails to offer a wide range of options that perfectly suit your preferences and they have everything you need to turn your travel dreams into reality, offering accommodations here in the US. Plus, the ease of booking through the app makes the whole process a breeze. So trust me when I say, when it comes to planning unforgettable getaways, Booking.com is where it's at. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking.yeah. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. That's what dance is. It's a way of expressing and conveying emotion to people. I think I realized, wow, I can impact other people's lives. And I think that is the greatest power all of us should realize at a very young age. It's so powerful that it, it's also one of those things which should be really, it's like humbling in the sense of being like, we all carry that power. And then what are you going to do with it? Hello, everyone. Today, I'm so grateful and honored to introduce you to my next guest. Her name is Payal Kadakia. She's the founder of ClassPass and the artistic director of the Sardance Company. And she's a really, really dear friend, someone that I've known not even for that long, but someone who's become so close and so much a part of my family and someone that I really consider a family member in my life. She inspires me in so many different ways. I can't wait for you to be inspired by her today. She teaches me so much through her example, her words, the way she lives. And more than all of that, she just has this beautiful heart that's really moved by giving and service. And I can't wait for you to experience it today. So Bio, thank you for being here. I'm so genuinely touched that you said yes to doing this. Thanks for having me, Jay. <laughs> it's, it's so funny when you sit down with someone, and we were just saying it before we started, as we get older in life, and I'm sure everyone who's listening can agree, yeah. as you get older in life, it becomes harder to make meaningful friendships. Yeah. And most of us look back at our teens as being when we made really deep bonds. Right. But I really feel honestly that because of the incredible person you are, you've allowed me to make such a deep friend Thank in you. <laughs> a short space of time. And not that we're old. No, <laughs> no we're not I sound old. like an old person <laughs> now, but 
Not that we're old, but thank you. Have you have to keep meeting people who I think help you take leaps in life. And I feel like you can never stagnate. And the people you surround yourself with are the people who help you do that the most. So thank you for everything you've done for me. Absolutely. And today I want to talk about everything. You have such an interesting <laughs> life and interesting mission. And just you have so many incredible passions that you share with the world in so many amazing ways. So I want to get into all of it. And anyone who's listening... If you use ClassPass, you can say thank you to me right now. Uh, well, say thank you to Pyle, but, but thank you to me. For, and if you haven't heard about her Saar Dance Company, stick around because if you like dance, if you like expressing yourself in art, I can't wait for you to hear about that as well. But Pyle, why don't we start off by what it felt like to be growing up in the United States as a young Indian girl? Yeah. So my parents immigrated here in the 70s. And I grew up in a town that actually didn't have many Indian people. So I was one of two Indian people in my entire grade, so of 300 people. And so when I think of that, I remember always feeling different. And I remember also facing a little bit of adversity because of it. But at the same time, I also think because my parents had some really good friends and especially my dance teacher who became a really big part of my life, she actually started teaching me the beauty of my culture. And I started growing up and doing sort of Indian dance on the weekends in the basements of my friends. And there was no platform for Indian dance. So on Saturdays and Sundays, that's what I would do. I would go to someone's house. We would train in someone's basement. And then, you know, during the week, I was like a normal girl in the middle of New Jersey. I would have cheerleading practice and I would do ice skating. And I kind of had two lives, to be really honest. I felt like I had this American identity and this Indian identity. And it really took me until college to kind of find a place where I felt like I could be really confident in both. And I think that was a big part of who I was when I was growing up. And were people around you struggling with the same things? Do you feel like that was quite a common experience or was it something that you felt more of? Well, I think my parents, um, you know, they took a little bit of a, of a risk. They put us in a different school system. And because of that, I didn't grow up in a community where there was a lot of other Indian folks. So I think like there were towns nearby that had a lot of Indian people in it and Indian communities where I got to go to on the weekends. But my school and my like, where I was growing up was still not as diverse. And so I think they took the risk because of education. Of course, my parents, number one thing to them was education and it was the best school system in my town. So, or in New Jersey at the time. So they were like, you have to go here. And obviously I don't, I don't regret that. But at the same time, I think I was facing one of those challenges. And, you know, now when I speak with other Indian folks, I feel like we all kind of can, you know, remember moments where we felt like, you know, either some of that racism or felt different or felt unique or felt like people didn't understand where we came from. But I think, you know, that's what helped me and others build a thicker skin. And I actually think what's really amazing right now is there came a point where I think we may have all assimilated because we couldn't deal with it. And now we are all really getting confident and wanting to express where we came from. So mm. I feel like we're all going through that together. And I'm seeing so many South Asians sort of really start sharing, you know, who they are, where they come from through art, through messages. And I think it's just really important that we do that. So we remember who we are. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, and I couldn't agree more. I think it's nice that it's organically coming out. Yeah. As opposed to being forced or pushed or contrived. It feels like it's organically coming to the surface. Yeah. And I think um, we all, you know, and I think with saw in particular, you know, I think everyone approaches it in a different way. I think, you know, for me, it's like, how do we just share more beauty and hope and 
unbelievable values of the place where we came from. Absolutely. And you talk so much about, in our personal conversations, about how your parents yep. like, instilled such beautiful values into you, your mother's role in your life. Tell us a bit about that, because I do feel that we sometimes live in a culture today and sometimes yep. conversations, and neither is right or wrong, but a lot of us today question how our parents raised us yeah, it's, and, and wonder if they got it right or wrong. But. You know, well, going back to what I was saying, and I'm even just thinking about this, like my parents kind of always took risks, I think, when I was younger. Like the fact that they were like, we're going to go to this town. I mean, even for them, they had no Indian community or friends when they went there. But they were like, this is the best thing to do for our kids for education, right? I think they kind of instilled these really interesting values of me of if you want to do something, you do it. You work hard and you know, don't accept the world for what you think it is at the moment. Change the world if you have to. Mm. And my mom in particular, I mean, I remember growing up, I mean, my dad worked during the day and my mom worked every night. You know, they literally were always, you know, working, making sure that my sister and I were, you know, doing well at school, getting to activities. I mean, they never once, and obviously like when we were growing up, like we didn't actually have much, like thinking about back to it, I realized like my parents were, you know, it was like we were living not paycheck to paycheck, but pretty close to it. And the fact that they did everything to make sure that we lived a life and didn't really even know or see that. But at the same time, the reason they didn't want to. And I remember like there were points in my life where I was like, mom, like, should we be cleaning, doing the dishes, all this stuff? My mom's like, only if your homework's done, because like it was so important to them to to make sure that we spent our time getting a good education. So when we grew up, we could live a great life. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. I feel the same. It's, it's so interesting how that Indian mindset of that South Asian mindset is so strong. Yeah. Regardless, obviously my parents were in London. Yeah. It was the same exact training that I had since I was young. It was always about education. Education. It was always about working hard. And I'm looking around at these guys wondering if they are the same, but it's, yeah. in the Asian, it's such a strong Asian value yep. to work hard. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, one of those things that we're, I don't know. It was just something that you don't question it, you know, like you mm. just, you just get the job done, you know, even till this day, my mom, if there's something I need from my dance show to work, she'll be the first person. She's in her late sixties. She'll be the first person to show up, stay up, make sure it gets done. And I, I think it comes down also being responsible. Like I, you know, it's, it's, if someone asks me to do something, they know they'll get a good job and and I'll finish it. And I think it, that also comes from it. It's this idea of like, I said, yes, and I'm going to do 150% and show you that I, you know, that it's going to be worth it. Yeah. How did that sculpt your dreams and aspirations at that time in your life? Yeah. And, well, and how did that change? Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say like, I had a second mother in my life who was my dance teacher. Mm. And, um, you know, I think when you're really young and you have like a coach in your life, like any, you know, any young person probably had, whether it's on a sports team or music or anything, um, I always feel really grateful of, for that relationship with like some sort of teacher or mentor, but because she was also so close to my family, my mom, like she also was more than a dance teacher to me. She was like, you need to be valedictorian. You need to do this. Like in a, in an interesting way where I also believed her in the sense I was like, yeah, like that, what she's saying is like what I want to get to. And she taught me this interesting way of doing it. And I always remember with dance, you know, like I would come go to a practice, not be able to do the step. I would practice it over and over and over again. And I'd show up the next week being able to do it, you know? And I think I learned this idea of self-discipline at a really young age, which was, okay, like I need to block my life and my time to rehearse something if I want to 
get to do it. It's not like no one yelling at you is going to actually get me there, right? It was a matter of me going home and practicing. And like, it wasn't about being nervous or, you know, it was like, that wasn't going to fix it. It was about me focusing and doing it. And I think that self-discipline, you know, taught me a lot of being like, if I want to achieve something, I just have to like, A, like block the time out. Actually, since my earliest memories of this, and I, I live by my calendar, I would write down and I actually just saw, I went home, you know, in, in the uh, spring and I, my mom and I were going through all my like agenda and like, you know how we have those, like, what were those called? The cat, like the calendaring, uh, like you have a daily calendar right, yes. and you write down like your subjects and your sure, homework, sure. um, planner. a yeah. planner. Yeah. Planner, it was yeah. like a, a weekly planner. And I, from that time would be like, okay, one hour math homework, one hour, like, like English homework, one hour. And I, I did that at a really young age. And it's funny because till, till now I kind of do that. Right. And I think of even what class pass has become. And it's this, it's this idea of if I do all my work, the extra hours of my life, I'll be able to dance. Mm. And so I was always trying to be so efficient. And I like also learned that because I wanted to have the extra hours, not to like relax, like, but to do my passion. And I felt like I had to earn the ability and the time to do that because Mm. I I knew I needed to get an education. I knew I needed to like, you know, do what I had to get done and what I was responsible for. But if I got, if I could do that quickly, I'd have the old, like the extra hours of my life to do something I love, which was dance. Which, which then has kind of like transferred into your life today. But before we get into yeah. that, I want I want you to actually share with the audience who's listening or watching yeah. about your, your goal setting. Oh yeah. The way, the way you do it, because I think it's, it's very unique. Yep. I've never seen anyone do it that way before. Yep. I find it fascinating. And I think everyone listening loves practical tools and tips. Yep. So I'd love for you to share that yeah, system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a bit of an in-depth process, but I'll walk you guys through the steps really quickly. Um, the first thing I do is I reflect on the past year and I write down five words, whether they are like feelings or tangible, you know, nouns that you feel like really, really describe the past year. And they can be anything from like, anxiety to love, you know, just kind of emotions. Mm. And then I ask people to think a year from now and write down the five words they want to be writing down if I ask them the same question in a year. And the reason I do this is because I always feel like people are like, don't always know what happiness or success or achievement means to them. Mm. So, and usually it's a feeling. It's how do you want to feel? Because that's like the only thing we can really hold on to because everything else is really, is pretty transient. And so um, I make people always think about that. And I do it for myself as well of like, what's the emotion or the feelings I want to really define the coming year by. And once I have those, I do a time diagnostic. I truly believe if you want to change something in your life, the only way you can do it is by allocating time to it or changing something around with time. Because without time, you're never going to have the time to work on it. And so um, I write down all the areas of my life and then I even, even new areas of my life if they might not be on there. And then um, I rate each one of those areas of my life according to the five words I've said for the year, right? So I give up, like give, get a word or get a number from one to 10. And then I force myself for the next three months to circle the three to five areas of my life I'm going to focus on. And so whatever areas those might be, and those are dependent on like the rating I gave it, plus like how it'll help me get to the emotion I want. And then I write down three to five goals in each one, very specific, like tangible goals that I can cross off and do. And uh, I do this in all aspects of my life. And the reason actually I started doing this is because I think being this self-disciplined, efficient person my whole life, like 
I was pretty, you know, obviously I'm type A. Like I, you know, I knew if I put some goals down, I could achieve something. And it's because it was how my brain worked. And I realized that I wasn't always doing that in all aspects of my life, whether that was in my personal life, health, like any of those things. And I was like, why don't I apply the same mechanism of wanting to, you know, and once again, achieving success to me isn't achieving something per se. It's about where do, where do, how does it feel today and how do I want it to feel in the future? Mm. And if I can like put that plan together in place, I'll get there. So that's where it started. And I started this process about five years ago and, um, yeah, I have a spreadsheet and I, I always, you know, I don't look at it daily, but I look at it like every few weeks and it sort of keeps me on track. And I think the most important thing I learned from it is to not feel guilty about the things that are not on the list, because Mm. those are the things that usually end up taking up our time and taking, you know, me away from those amazing things that I want to achieve in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Get your notebooks out there. (laughs) No, (laughs) thank you for sharing that. I think it's such a practical method. Yeah. And I feel like so many of us today, like you said, we struggle with what success or happiness looks like. Totally. Or we have a very abstract view of what we want next year to be like. Right. So I think this is a really, I I think people are going to really benefit from it. It's like even in like the word love or something, Mm. for example, it's almost like, well, what does, what are you, how are you defining love? And like, what does it feel like to you? And if you put the right intention out there of what you want love to be like, it might help you find the right partner in life or some, you know, or wherever you want to go. And I, I just think it's all about, the emotion and the intention versus yeah. like the idea of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to pick up from what you were saying before was, so one thing was goal setting. The other thing was mentorship. Yeah. You spoke about the value of mentors. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to give a shout out to my mentor if you're listening. I'm yes. sure you're not. But uh, Mr. Buckeridge was my art teacher in school to 18. And this man changed my life. First of all, I was a rebel at school. I was the worst. Really? I was the worst. This you don't know about me yet. I've yeah, never I'm told like, you what? this. I've kind of been holding this part of me back. No, okay. I was the worst kid from 11 to 18. What? Not grades wise yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of just being a rebel troublemaker. Class clown. Yes. Yeah. And even worse. I was suspended from school three times. What? Yes. And, and asked to leave by my school. But Mr. Buckeridge was one teacher, always stood by me, never judged me. Mm-hmm. He, but the most important lesson he gave me is every time we do any art, whether it was collage, whether it was graphic, whether it was charcoal, fine art, whatever it was, yeah. no matter how good it looked, his question was always, why did you do that? Mm. He'd always be like, why did you do that? Why did you put that color next to that color? Why did you use that brushstroke versus this one? And he'd ask me why, 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 why? And sometimes I, was, I loved art growing up. And I'd be like, my work looks great and someone else's doesn't, but they'd get a better grade because they knew why. And he wasn't mm. basing on the aesthetic. He was always basing it. So Such even if my lesson. work, and he kept asking me that. And yeah. it took me years yep. to recognize when that he had coached me mm-hmm. in always looking at the meaning and the why without me even knowing. And I only realized that probably like 10 years after or something. I, yeah. I don't even think I got it at that time. At that time, I was just trying to get a good grade and right. whatever he told me. But I, I, I'm sharing that because, wow. A, because I think mentors don't always come in the most, they're not like a box. It's not like, a, yeah. so I wanted to ask you, how do you define a mentor? Yeah. And for anyone who's listening how does one find a mentor and what does that relationship look like? Because yeah. you've had mentorship from early on. Absolutely. You have mentors now. Yep. How, how have you thought about it from your perspective? I think about it as people who are A, willing to invest the time in you. Because I think, you know, you can't just, there, there's role models in life and then there's mentors in life. And I think in mentorship, ah, if there's nice a give and a take, 
Um, right. It's not someone you're just looking up to. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is I think those people help guide you on a path. That doesn't mean they always tell you what path to be on, but they're actually just helping you take the leap and take the step. I love people who push me into the next direction or next part of my life. And I think the best mentors in the world help you make the decisions you need to take that step. Once again, I don't think anyone can tell you exactly what you should be doing. And I think I love having multiple people around me in every aspect of my life, like whether it's, you know, art or whether it's entrepreneurship or tech, you know, I, I want to surround myself with the best in each and all they can do is give me their thoughts and their advice. I still have to be the person who makes a decision to move forward. Mm -hmm. But I think the best people, like they help, they help guide you there. And if, you know, they're guides, they're really what they are. And like you said, sometimes you don't know that people helped you make a decision. And when in hindsight, you're like, wow, I would have never been there if it wasn't for that person. And that's why I think it's like, it has to be someone you're willing to be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. Cause I think if you don't, you know, people like that need to know the truth, right? They need to know your true being, your true challenges, the true dreams you might have. And that's the best way they'll be able to give you the advice. Yeah. And your flaws and your mistakes. And Absolutely. Yeah. The your, patterns your in your life. Moments. Like I love it, you know, even with ClassPass now being, you know, eight years old, it's crazy to me because some of my first mentors, right. And I remember I went through a phase where I was like, oh, I don't know if those people are going to be helpful in this phase of the company, right. Cause things change. And there were, you know, tactical things that changed where I needed a, like a new set of advisors and mentors, but at the truest level of patterns and, you know, me question, like doing anything when it comes to being like, here's, I have a problem. Those people are like, well, you had this problem like eight years ago. Did you realize, you know, what did you do then? And I'm like, you're right. Like I've been here before. And I think it's having people like that who mm. know your, like your tendencies as a human being are some of the great, greatest friends and mentors you can have. Yeah, definitely. No, I love that you brought that up because you've obviously had a mentor for such an early stage in your life through dance. Yeah. Who's still there in your yeah, life, my, which is just stunning. I mean, I think like the Guruji's at the end of the day, yes. I think, you know, India has this beautiful value of what a Guruji stands for. And, you know, I think it's, there's this idea of respect that you have for anyone who teaches you anything in your life. Like I will always be grateful to anyone who has, you know, bestowed knowledge on myself. Like I just think, I think of people like that and, you know, I think you, people always have to remember this. It's like the whole values of like, I remember in dance, it's like you show up on time, you come in, you know, you pray, you, you make sure your hair is done. Like there's no nonsense in that, you know, (laughs) it's like, and it's not because it needs to be all formal and serious It's because you're doing it out of respect. And I think like those values are things that, you know, I feel like I carry with me today. And actually, I always think about this with class pass too, because I respect the teachers on our platform so much. Like the model is like actually set up to be like, of course, for customers, like, you know, they love being able to try all these new things. But on the other side, you have this teacher who is now has this gift to be able to share to more, share more people. Mm. And I think that's what's so cool is like, we're helping more teachers in the world reach students. Mm, absolutely. I love yeah. it. Well said, really, really well said. And, and obviously, so and I'm, I'm kind of going in <laughs> chronological order in your yeah, life go for it. and pulling out things because there's just, I, when I was thinking about interviewing you, I was like, I can't actually skip any bit of this <laughs> because I feel like, I mean, everyone's story adds up to who they are, yeah. but yours is just like, there's been so many interesting decisions and choices and intentions. I believe how that's how life, honestly, I never want to stop. You know, even today yeah. when people are like, 
I was like, you've succeeded. I'm like, I hope I haven't. Yeah. I like, like, what are the next series of crazy decisions I still have to make in my life? I never want to feel like, yeah, why would you ever want to have part of your life not be some, something worth telling? That's for crazy people like us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can so relate to that. I love it. And I love looking at you as a role model in that space because it's so easy for, like you said, it's so easy. And and I think that's part of the challenge that the fact that we're even asking you, asking individuals like yourself and saying, oh, so you're done now, you've made it. Yeah. Just shows what we believe is the end too. It's a reflection of our own limit right. on what making it is. Right, exactly. And I'm glad that you're, you're, you're redefining that and defying that limit. Absolutely. Did you find any subscriptions you forgot about or any you paid for twice and didn't realize it? I personally experienced this where I received an email that said I paid for a subscription for an app I'm not even using anymore. Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had only about five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for eight subscriptions each month. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancelled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. And I love that I have full control over all my subscriptions and I can see it in one place. So if I see something I don't want anymore, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash J. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash J. Rocketmoney.com forward slash J. Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or take your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. After all, we all agree that food just tastes better when you're outside, right? Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. 
And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash on purpose to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash on purpose. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So yeah, but okay, so my question was, you went to MIT, you went to Bain. Yes. How <laughs> difficult was it to leave Bain mm-hmm. to then start a company? Like how difficult was it? Because I feel, again, so many yep. people listening yep. either want to be entrepreneurs, which we'll get onto. Yep but or want to break away from their corporate nine to nine, yeah. whatever it is today. Yeah. But how difficult was it for you? And, and yeah. why was it difficult or easy? Well, it's, you know, one of the interesting parts is that I remember this feeling I got. Uh, so we always have like performance reviews at Bain. And of course, like in corporate America, it's like performance review, I have to do well. And obviously I'm a type A person, I always do well. And I remember I, it was one of my last reviews before I had left. And it was like, it was a good review, but like, I remember one of my, one of my uh, bosses being like, well, I think I had, by the way, like left to go do a performance in the middle of a client meeting. So (laughs) I also understand where it was coming from. I think like they had said something to me like, oh, we just don't know where, where you want to go. And if you're serious about this. And like, no one's ever said that to me, right? Because I just am like, oh, I can always fake it. And I'm like, wait a second. And at first I was like, wait, I'm going to do so much better and prove to them how great I am and, you know, and how much I want this. And then I had to have the conversation with myself and be like, Pyle, do you want this? And I very quickly realized that, no, it wasn't the path I really wanted to be on. Now, before I went and started a company, there was actually a three-year period in the middle. I wasn't fully ready to take the leap. So I, I always consider this like a mini leap I took. So I went and got a job in the music industry. So still could, you know, pay my bills, like figure things out. My parents didn't, you know, weren't ready to, to like shoot me in the head <laughs> for doing something crazy. Um, so I got a job in the music industry and on the side, I started building my dance company. Mm-hmm. And this was an important time in my life because what it did is it allowed me to start taking some risk without fully like being, you know, fully diving into it. And I, I know like, you know, some people be like, you have to rip the bandaid off and do it. And I think that works for some people. I actually am really glad at this phase of my life. Like I took a second to figure this out. Cause I didn't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't know what saw was going to be. I didn't know, you know, class fest hadn't really come to me in that point. I wasn't even fully dancing in that way. So, um, I, I decided to leave Bain. I started this job Um, I worked in the digital strategy group at Warner Music Group. I mean, it was an amazing time in the music industry. I mean, I got to work with like Daniel Eck at Spotify and got to see like licensing happen at YouTube. We tried to go dark on YouTube. All these things (laughs) were kind of happening at this time because it was the first time people were putting music um, online digitally. Mm -hmm. And so that was an amazing time. But I really started fueling like my artist side at this point. So every night... I I got together some of my best, the best dancers I knew on the East Coast. We started dancing in New York City and we would perform on the weekends. And this is when Saw started. And I just remember, you know, it was the feeling of I could put something together. I could get people to come and attend. So we sold out a major show at at, like at Alvin Ailey. I had a thousand people come to it. I wrote my own like money down of $30,000 to get this theater And I was starting to take these risks, right? And I was, once again, I had a little bit of cushion while I was doing it, which was good, but it taught me so much about myself. And I think every step of the way, I just got more and more confident that by the time, you know, I was ready to take the leap, the only last part of it was my parents. 
And I remember it was Thanksgiving. So just about, let's see, eight years ago, I went home for Thanksgiving. And at this point, like I had built the dance company. My parents were proud of me. I had people like, you know, Mira Nair and like, uh, you know, the New York Times people endorse us. So I think my parents were like, okay, you know, you, this is, this is good. They still didn't want me to dance full time per se, but, uh, my mom looked at me and I was really unhappy. And so this is actually, people like never realized why I was unhappy at the time. Well, when I really think back to it, I was once again, living two lives. So at work, I was like this analyst and I felt like I wasn't really going anywhere with my career. And then I also wasn't going to go anywhere with dance at that point. So I just felt like both roads were like kind of at their ends And I was like, where am I going to go? And I needed to find some inspiration. I actually went out to San Francisco for a Mm -hmm. friend's birthday party. And I met all these entrepreneurs. There were no entrepreneurs in New York City eight years ago. Like that, at least that were in my friend circle. And I remember looking at like what they were doing. And I I remember asking them, like, you do this full time? Like it was just this foreign concept to me. And I started thinking, what if I could do this? What if I could be an entrepreneur? I'm like, I knew I was creative and I'd built my confidence up from building saw that I was like, I can lead. And so I gave myself two weeks to think of an idea. And, uh, this was on a Sunday and on Tuesday I was searching for a ballet class online. And I, you know, I started sort of looking around and being like, what technology exists for people to find classes and stay connected to their hobbies. And that was sort of the point when the idea of class pass, it was called something else before that, but (laughs) kind of came to me. So I had that in the back of my head when I went home from things for Thanksgiving, but my mom was the one who ultimately told me to quit. And, mm. you know, being who my parents are, uh, always, you know, work hard and all of that and education, it was a really important thing because I wanted to make sure they were, they were okay with the decision. And I think my mom looked at me and she just was like, you're going to do great at anything you decide to do in your life because she knew, she knew I had this self-discipline. And I, at that point, like this idea of doing well was like on my own terms. Like she, even when I was at college would call me sometimes to be like, can you please go shopping? Like get out and stop working. But I just, like I said, I loved working because it gave me freedom Mm. to do other things in my life. And I still feel like that. Like being smart gives me, gives me freedom. It gives me the ability to even like to control the way I want to present my art or present my work. Right. I don't want to do it on anyone else's terms. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that. And, and I'm glad that you're so clear about that. Yeah. We can get lost in working for work's sake. Yeah. Working because we have to. Yes. You're like, no, I'm going to work hard and be smart so that I can Absolutely. do my own my time. And 100%. It. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's like, it's given me, being smart has given me, given me the opportunities, right? And at the end of the day, I've worked hard to be, you know, it's like getting an education, all of that, Mm. but you know, it's, it's not an education for education's sake, right? It's like, it's like this idea of wanting to solve problems and working hard has, is it's what liberates me. It's what, whenever I feel like I can't achieve something like, you know, at the end of the day, like I don't have to rely on anyone. I love, I love working with people, but at the end of the day, I know I can rely on myself too. And that to me is like one of the best freedoms you have to be able to say yes to any of your dreams. Yeah. And this leads perfectly onto our next point, which you just brought up there. I, I'm going to tee it up with, with something personally that happened to me recently. I was speaking at a conference to a group of entrepreneurs who all have successful growing businesses, uh, not in the line of huge global businesses, but personal businesses. Yeah. So personal entrepreneurs. And the big question was around social media and branding and using social media as a vehicle for growth. And I always start with this disclaimer that I did not start 
with, yeah. on social media right. to build a brand or a business. Like that was not my goal. I used social media because I had a message that I felt was important to share. Right. And it was always about the message. It was always about the mission. And I actually thought I was going to work a full-time job and make videos on the weekends. Right. And just happy that a few people would see them. Like yeah. that's genuinely how I'd imagined my whole life. And so I always start with this disclaimer that my intention and my mission was never to build a brand or a business based on my teachings or my thoughts. And they're not my teachings, but my teachings I've been inspired by from others and that I've articulated differently or repackaged or uh, reshared. Right. And so one thing I know in our conversations, and even though I've heard you say it in interviews and I've read you say it, I want you to really have an opportunity here to, to unpack it. Like the intention of being an entrepreneur, like mm -hmm. the mission of, of why ClassPass exists yep. and, and the heart of who you really are, which is yep. what I'm in love with. Yep. Uh, I want you to share that and talk through that with the audience. Listen carefully, guys. <laughs> so, you know, I think the biggest thing you could do in life is have a purpose, right? And I think when you have that purpose and you spend your life achieving that, that to me is like how life should be set up. And therefore, to me, that's also how entrepreneurship is. Because at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you're solving a problem. You're solving something that doesn't exist in the world, right? If, if it already existed, fine. I mean, you can copy stuff and replicate it, but that's, that's a different type of entrepreneurship. I think you have to make sure that the why behind starting your company, putting out anything you might want, messages, you know, products, anything comes from a really deep place. And while what I call champagne problems or, you know, the, the things like false indicators of success are sometimes things that we can all get behind. So things like social media followings, even the amount of funding a company has raised, those things aren't necessarily indicative of you having solved the problem. Mm. And I think for all entrepreneurs, it's what problem am I solving? And ideas are great, but I, you're probably going to go through a lot of ideas to figure out actually how to answer that problem and come up with a solution, but you have to be really fixated on solving that problem. And, you know, for ClassPass's sake, when I started the company, I wanted to just get some, I wanted to build a search engine, right? Because I was struggling with finding a ballet class. So it start. it simply started as, okay, let me build a search engine and then people will get back to their hobbies, right? And, you know, when I first started, I may have not even known the ultimate mission and vision. And it's kind of come to me over time as I've had this unbelievable opportunity and privilege of seeing what my customers love. That being said, it did come from this idea in me that I always felt really lucky to have found dance at a really young age. And I wanted other people to feel something like that. And I, you know, even in my six years before I, you know, I was started this company in those, I was always dancing and I would fight to dance. Like it would be like, Saturdays and Sundays, like blocked off to dance. I mean, I missed so many things that I felt like my friends were doing because I was like, I'm going to continue to dance. And I wanted to build something like that for other people. And so, and I say that, and so the first iteration like didn't work. The second didn't work, you know, the third started working and they're still, we're still iterating. And I, I say that because we're just really focused on solving the problem we set out to. We're not focused on what our product is today. And I, I really think like with all the challenges and everything that happens through entrepreneurship, if it's based on anything like ego, pride, greed, you're not going to stick with it. And I think it has to be something deeper. And so and any of those moments, like, and I think the most authentic entrepreneurs know what that why is 
and they can articulate. I mean, you feel it in them. You don't need, they don't even need to say it. It's like in their entire being and it's the reason they work. It's how they work. It's how they inspire their team to work. It's why people will go and work for them. It's, it's all tied to one simple thing, which is they want to go and change the world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I feel like when you do share that message into everyone who's listening, that message is actually what's going to help you figure out whether you're investing your time in the right place. Absolutely. Because you can know how to get funding or you can know who you need to network with or you can know the process of coming up with an application or whatever it is, all of that system, systemic stuff. Yeah, the how and the what. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. But, but without that strong, deep why, I love what you said, you can't be obsessed or fixated on it. And that's those two words I feel that you've used are so powerful yep. because if you're not obsessed with the problem, you're going to hit so many little problems on the way. They're just going to make you give up. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really everything. I mean, a startup is like, it's like a, an infant, you know, and it needs, it needs like, you know, but then there's something new every single day and you have to be like, I'm going to figure this out. Right. Mm. And I'm going to learn new things to figure this out because most of the times you don't, as an entrepreneur, you have not done most of the things you're going to be tasked with having to do but you learn and you're, you care because you genuinely want to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about SA and creativity. Okay. Because I know you're such a creator at heart. Yeah. And that's where ClassPass comes from, which we can go back to as well. But it's where SA comes from. And you recently launched SA in LA. Yeah. The first time they debut, which was absolutely beautiful to be a part of. Thanks for including me. Thanks I for being I felt really there. special. I was like... I was just, yeah, I felt special being involved because I knew how important it was to you. So I'm really grateful. So thank you. Thank genuinely. you. I was so touched to be involved. It was and a magical day. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And I, you know, everyone who's listening right now, wherever you are in the world, when SAR comes to your city, you have to go and see it. It will come to your city very soon. Yep. Uh, so when it does, you should go and see it. But I, I, I say this all the time. I said it that day. I, I talk about it when I talk to you. And it, because it stuck with me because it was so, I love clarity. I love people who have so much clarity. And when I met you, you've had clarity since day one and you've had clarity your whole life. But you said to me, if you want to understand me, you have to see me dance. Mm, yeah. And I was just like, wow, like this person really understands themselves. Like no one says, like I've never, no one said stuff, something like that to me before. Like no one's ever said to me, like, oh, if you really want to understand me, you have to see me do this. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Okay. And, and because I was, fascinated by you. I was just like, okay, yeah, I want to come and see you dance. And so tell me about how dance has become such a defining aspect of you yeah, and, and creative aspect. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, we were having this conversation uh, this summer and I think it really helped me also realize like what has guided me my entire life. And mm -hmm. when I think about leading a life of service in some way. And I do, I think, you know, people who do wake up every day to want to make the world a better place are, everyone's living in service in a different way. And I think about that and I think about what I wanted to give the world. Right. And mm -hmm. I think at a really young age when I was five years old and I performed, it was probably at someone's, I don't know, wedding or birthday party. While it feels like, you know, oh, okay. It, it was just a dance performance. I think when you're five years old and you know, you have 200 people staring at you and all of a sudden you realize that you touched their hearts in some way and you made them feel something. Mm. And I, and I think for me, that's what dance is. It's a way of expressing and conveying emotion to people. I think I realized, wow, I can impact other people's lives. And I think that is the greatest power. Any, like all of us should realize 
at a very young age. And I think once it's actually like such a, it's so powerful that it's also one of those things which should be really, it's like humbling in the sense of being like, we all carry that power. And then what are you going to do with it? And I think because I felt that at such a young age, I always just felt like I have to make sure I'm giving people and knowing I have that power in me is making me feel like I need to just spend my life doing that. So I think that's always just been like a guiding light for me uh, throughout everything I've done. Um, what was the question? No, I was just opening it up to talking about but, how yeah. dance yeah, is so closely linked with you yeah, right. and oh, how right. creativity comes from that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I think when I danced when I was younger, I learned a lot of folk dancing and I learned these amazing rich stories of the women in my culture and how they would work. And I think that was really beautiful. While I probably didn't appreciate it when I was younger, I really appreciate it now, especially being a woman, like seeing, you know, my my mom, my grandparents, like just wanting to share their stories, you know, with the next generation, I think is so important to me. And I think that was one part of it. And then I think the other part of it, it really just came from, you know, living in America and like seeing the way people moved, learning ballet, jazz, and all these other styles and wanting to put everything together to also showcase who I was as a human being, which was this blend of like having a little bit of the, you know, the Indian side to me, which I was proud of, even though I think it took me a little bit of time to be really proud of it. And then also then blend it with this beautiful, like, you know, sort of more Western aesthetic, which I really love to create like a dialogue essentially. And like what I think, you know, saw really does and it's still evolving. It's art. It's like, we're talking about women, freedom, our culture, in a really profound way. And it's so deep, you know, and mm. when I, 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 I love creating things that are timeless and I, and you know, that to me is like one of the most yeah. unbelievable words. And I think, I think about that too. When I think of entrepreneurship and anything I do in my life, it's, I don't want, you know, us performing to be something that can exist in today. I want this to be something that in a hundred years, someone could watch, right. Or if it was a hundred years in the past and it would still be the same emotions of, my culture and the beings of how, you know, human beings might be feeling today. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like what dance can really do is it can, it can, it just is a way to express what words can. Yeah. And, And you do it incredibly well. It's, it's not just aesthetically and just, I really do feel that the music you choose, the composition, the colors, it, when I was watching you, I literally felt like I was in India. Yeah. And then I felt like I was on a journey and traveling. Yeah. And then there was a time where I felt I was on a boat and you were crossing the river, you know. Yeah. It was, I, I, and, and by the way, anyone who's listening, there was no boat there. There was no <laughs> river there. There was, right. you know, it was all through dance, this yep. journey that was conveyed. How, why is it still relevant to you today? Why do you think that that culture is still relevant today? And, and why is it still important? Absolutely. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people... It don't have to be, but maybe Asian Americans, Indian Americans just kind of going like, well, no, I'm defined by hip hop and yeah. what I grew up on. It's a great question. You yeah. know, um, I think there's just this purity in, mm. in our culture. And, you know, it's something that I think I'm even spending more time on researching myself. And, you know, we, it's, I mean, Indian culture is one of the most ancient in the world, right? So you know, I mean, and you do this all the time. It's like, you're trying to take knowledge of lives and lives that before us, right? So we can almost live better. And I think for, for me, it's, it's showing how, while we may be different, we're actually all the same. And these mm-hmm. values that are in our culture, whether it be about respect and family and, 
you know, Stephen have people, girls having fun together on a playground in a way, which is how we open the show. I think it's, these are just such human emotions <clears throat> and we should never forget them. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they're, they've lived forever. Yeah. And they, in a way they're actually beyond culture, if yeah. that makes sense. So I think, you know, one of the other things I really think about is, like I said, they're human emotions. They, they actually have nothing to just do with being Indian, but we're just doing them to also remember where we historically came from. Yeah. I love that. I couldn't agree with you more. I think a lot of what I got to study as a monk as well was so universal. Right. The principles are totally universal, totally timeless. Right. uh, Not for a particular sect or caste or background or walk of life. And and that's what, yeah, I think you talking about the human emotions aspect is so significant yep. for its relevance, because if you if you made a dance about today yeah. in the future, it'd be like all of us on our phones. Like, yeah, exactly. There wouldn't be that, the, right. the girls aspect playing together, et cetera. Right. Yeah. No, but, you know, but like, I guess it's like how playing is defined, you know, yeah. in, in that way. And I think um, returning back to some of that, like you said, I mean, I think the word universal is exactly right. It's, mm. it's uh how do you, how do we do that? And movement is just a really interesting because it doesn't, you don't need to understand the language, you know, Mm -hmm. while it's Indian costumes and some Indian movement and, you know, Indian music. I mean, we actually had eight different languages through the show. I mean, so no one actually understood any of it. I mean, there's times where I don't, you know, and I have to spend time researching what the lyrics are to really evoke, evoke the the movement of it. And I think like Indian dance in particular has like, has Abhinaya, which is the expression and, Mm. and the emotion, which, you know, not many other dance forms around the world have. So it's all about storytelling and preserving some of these stories. And so, you know, I think it's going to keep evolving. And I think it's evolved as me as a, as an artist and a human being, you know, I think like I'm realizing it of the way I want to express who I am and our culture is all evolving as I evolve as a human being as well. Yeah. When I see the facial expressions, yeah. they're incredible. <laughs> like the amount of energy that was projecting off of each of your faces that day, you can't not admire it yeah. and it can't not captivate you. As in, it's just, yeah, it's, it was totally, totally captivating. Like I was, I was enthralled the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> how do you even do that? Like your face must hurt so much. You know, it's, like your face you muscles. have to practice both in a way, yeah. but I think, um, at some point it's so innate and it's mm. so, it's just, it's coming from our hearts. I mean, you yeah. can't think about it, right? By the time you're performing at that level, yeah. it's, you know, and I think, look, I mean, you do this with words, right? Like everyone has their way of expressing who they are. And I think, it's about finding what it is for you. And I think mm. like that, I hope all people find their way of expressing like their deepest level as mm. a, of a human being. And it's why when I say you have to come and see me dance is because I don't think I go to that place to like my truest place yeah. as a human being in any, anything else I do. Yeah. And so it's, it's like all the colors of who I am. It's just, you know, all the vulnerability, all the happiness is like, all there. Like I, I'm not holding anything back. Yeah. And I think, um, even, you know, for me as a, as like a producer, I think about how do I create environments so I can also have my artists be able to perform at that level because Mm. I want every, I mean, it's like reaching like an, an unbelievable euphoria. Right. And it's, it's actually like the day after you feel sad because you're like, how do I feel like that again? Because it's such an amazing endorphin rush, but it's coming from such a true place. Yeah, definitely. There's a beautiful Picasso quote that literally sums up everything we're saying. And he said that the, uh, 
the meaning of life is to find your gift. Yeah. And the purpose of life is to give, give it, it away. away. Yeah. And I yeah. love it. It's just, it's so poetically beautiful, but it's, it also makes so much sense. Right. That when you use your passion yep. in the service of others, it becomes a purpose. Right. Absolutely. And, and I feel, yeah, I wish that for everyone listening, watching right now and for anyone else as well, that just you find your passion and then you Absolutely. use it for everyone else. And that's my like class pass why. Like at the end of the day, I think once I felt that, I was like, how do I have the whole world feel this mm. as much as possible? Because like you said, it's just, it's the only thing that matters. And it's, yeah. it's a gift to each person. And I think if you're, if every person's able to find that, they're going to be, you know, 10 times a better person to everyone else, right? Because of knowing that this, this exact feeling can exist for them. Totally, totally. And that's, yeah, I'm so, yeah, I've got some exciting stuff coming out next year that's kind of giving everyone, in my opinion, the fundamentals of being able to find that first step. I love that. Because finding out how to use it for other people can become a scale question. Yep. Because you can always use it for just your friends. And right. then you can scale it like you have to the whole world and right. millions of users, et cetera. Right. But most people struggle at the first step of just like, what am I passionate about? What am I about? passionate about? What do about? I love? Like yeah, that. And that's what I want to help. I want to help codify that for people. Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or take your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. After all, we all agree that food just tastes better when you're outside, right? Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Atna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Atna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Herbs hold a special place in my wellness journey, a tradition deeply rooted in my Indian heritage. Introduced to me by my mom, their healing properties have been part of my life since I was born. Growing up, I witnessed firsthand the remarkable effects of herbs on both physical and mental well-being. Among the herbs I take are ashwagandha for its adaptogenic properties, slippery elm bark for gastrointestinal health, our sponsor Nature's Way has these herbs and hundreds more that help support everything from healthy digestion to sleep to stress. 
They have over 50 years of experience with sourcing herbs from all over the world in the climates where they grow best. Every batch of herbs is rigorously tested for potency and purity in their state-of-the-art lab. Nature's Way believes nature is the ultimate problem solver and is dedicated to bringing the power of plants to help people live healthier lives. To learn more, visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs and use code J10 at checkout for our 10% off any herbal supplements. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. Do you have any tips or steps I that mean, you recommend to people? Because you found you're so young and early and, yeah, you know, but have you ever thought about that? I mean, I think, you know, part of, and it's sort of built into class pass a bit of like this idea of discovery, like mm. try new things because mm. you don't know Spot. until you've, kind of gotten to that phase. And we've talked about this a lot, which is people are, you have to go, you go through different phases, right? So you're, you're maybe in an explore phase and then you might be in a build phase. You might be in a scale phase. Um, and I think it's a, like being able to go through it, but make sh- making sure that you keep things, you keep, you keep it fresh, right? And you try new things. I was actually just saying this just the other day, but like when we're younger, we're told to do so many different activities. Mm. And as adults, we somehow, stop, you know, and, you know, I don't, and I just don't believe in that because I think you have to keep your mind and, you know, body all refreshed. And I think when you, when you're, when we talk about like me being able to take a lot of decisions in my life to keep dreaming and to keep kind of shifting into different places is because I, I kind of force myself to do that. I never want to kind of get stuck in being like, this is how my life is defined and especially defined by other people. And so I think you have to just keep it fresh. But I think the number one thing is like, get out of your comfort zone, Yeah, you know, because I think you just don't realize it. And then, and then if you find something, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is also reflective time. It's taking time by yourself, which I think people sometimes struggle with as well is have you like sat in a room with yourself for a while and spent a day with just yourself? What what would you really want to do? Yeah. And I think a lot of the answers lie right there. It's hard for people to do. Yeah, I saw that post on Instagram that you did about play. Right. I was reading an article where you said that. And that actually re-inspired me because I started looking back and I was like, oh, where do I still play? Yeah. Like a child. And I have to admit this because one of the plays that I remember playing a lot was actually video games. (laughs) Fine. I love video games. Well, actually, I just like playing football on video. Like (laughs) FIFA, it's a huge soccer game all over the world. And it's... I've li- li- recently with my business partner, because he, he loves it too. We literally have all of our business meetings playing FIFA. That's so great. And, and it's just because he's one person I can get away with that with. Yeah. It's just so fun. And we do it for an hour a week. It's great play. It's like mindless. But you, you re-inspired that in me because I was like, oh, where do I play? And I love playing sports as well. So it's making more time to actually play sports and play right. football. And, and I just feel like, yeah, you're so right. And the funny thing is that when adults start taking dance classes or start taking, start learning an instrument again, both two things, which I would love to do. A lot of people are like, oh my God, you're going through a midlife crisis. You know, it's, it's seen, I feel like there's a bit of a, not taboo, but there is a bit of a like, oh yeah, what are you going through? Like, is everything okay at home? People like also just don't think it's a priority. Like, you know, and it's like, even for Saw, like, I think people will be like, oh, you're like, you dance on the side. It's a hobby. We were talking about this. Some of the the girls came over last night and one of the girls, she has two kids. Okay. And her, her husband of all people, because we were talking about like what to do with the show. And um, she was like, oh, we might tour it, et cetera. And she was like, you know, she was so surprised because the person who was like, you should do it was her husband of all people. (laughs) Right. Because she was expecting him to be like, why aren't you home? Like you have to take. And it was amazing because I think like what he realized was like 
this isn't just a hobby. Like this was something great. And I think that's kind of what I think people should do is like, and look, at the end of the day, if you don't prioritize it, no one else around you is going to prioritize it. Mm. And this goes back to the goal setting and why I do it is it's, if it's a priority to me, it becomes a priority to everyone else in my life. And if I'm not willing to stand up for it, no one else is going to. So I do not let anyone make me feel bad for dancing. Right. And when people are like, I mean, it's crazy to put on a show in the hours. I mean, we dance from like eight to 11 PM at night, you know, and everyone has other lives and other things. And they all volunteers. They all volunteer. And you do it because you're, you know, like it's a priority mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I think like that to me in a way, like even when we design class pass, like I think about all the behavioral mechanisms that re- are required to get somebody to say yes. Because yeah. by the way, there are a lot of things in our lives that make it e- very easy to say no, yep. right? From being busy to where, all these things. Totally. And and my whole thing is if I make it, to, serve it to you so easy, maybe you'll actually try and say yes. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, the more we can do that in our lives and for, for our friends, for, you know, people in our lives is help them fight through those challenges because we need to keep these passions in our lives. Like, I don't like when people are like, I used to be an athlete or I used yeah. to be an Olympian. Like I meet people and I'm like, what? Like this, like, cause there were, that means you would, you built something for 20 years of your life, like some work ethic, some sense of purpose, and you wanted to let go of it. And mm. it's okay if you want to change for a little bit, but there is something in there. There's a reason you worked hard every day to get to such an, like a great level. And it had to be driven by something yeah. deeper. So what is that? And how do we make sure we replicate that purpose in your life again, even though you might have kids and have a job and everything else going on in your life, you still mm. need to keep that in your life. Absolutely. By the way, just for anyone listening, I don't make big business decisions while playing FIFA. Just, <laughs> just putting it out there. Like in hey, case so, anyone was wondering. sometimes like, like, I don't know, like being creative is sometimes yeah. one of the best times totally. you can think, to, to you know? Think. It's great. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I, I, I get I'm what just, you're I'm saying, but like, like sometimes yeah. people, like things connect in your mind when totally. you let your brain yeah. have those moments, you know, whether it's in class or doing something creative, like you'd be surprised that how much, you know, the rest of your rest of your mind is working and how much more you're efficient your brain can actually become. Yeah. Well, especially you were just saying that you take a lot of your calls walking. Absolutely. That reason. I'm sitting down right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We I should have done, like we should have done a walking, walking podcast. podcast. Audio would have struggled. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just think better. Like I, I run on the treadmill close to every day and people are like, why do you, and I also obviously go to class, but like my treadmill time is like meditation thinking time. Like I, mm. solve problem. And you know what? Like I'm off my phone, but I like, I'm working through stuff in my head. I don't, I don't just, I can't run. I'd be get, I would be like completely bored. So I would, you know, it's all about thinking through really, Mm. you know, things I have to get through in my head. And I am like you, like, I don't know, everything has to be thoughtful. So it's like, even if I'm thinking through like getting a gift for somebody, like I have to like, I'm not okay with like, just being like, Oh, here it's like, I need to spend like, even if it's like two minutes, like it needs the two minutes to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I love what you did because obviously you built a huge company and got married too, but you never left dance. Yeah. Like it, because I, I feel like when you were building ClassPass, it must've been so easy to make dance not a priority. Yeah. Like it must've been so easy, especially at the scale and acceleration, yeah. the focus, it must be so easy. And so many entrepreneurs say that, that they lost their health when they were scaling a business yeah. or they lost their passion and now they're using the money they've got now to go back to their passion, et cetera. But yep. you just never let go. 
there, you know, and I'm not going to say it was perfect. Like there was definitely times I struggled and it was, um, that being said, I always remember being like, well, I'm going to forget why I built this company if I stop dancing. Right. And I, that's like part of why, like I always fought to keep, keep it in my life. And even actually like till this day, and I always love this, like my board members have all come and watched me dance. Like they will, when they even introduce me to someone, like, of course they're always like me, like our founder, like, you know, it's really, it's exciting, but they'll always be like, wait, here's a dance video of her. Yeah. You know, like they're proud of it too. in a, in a, in a really special way, which makes me feel, cause that's how pe- people should be celebrating these things, right? Mm-hmm. The, these are different types of achievements and accomplishments that hu- human beings have. Um, but at the end of the day, like I would lose my why mm-hmm. and, it would, and I, I do remember there were times where I stopped and it, obviously my team would be like, when was the last time you danced? Like they would know because yeah. my fire and every, like everything that got me to, like I said, fight through the problems I needed to fight through came from always reminding myself of why I started the company, which yeah. for me lied in dance. Yeah. I love it. It's, that's the best when you've done it through that. Yeah. And I, I will mean, keep, you yeah. know, like I think about, you know, like having kids or what all the, all the things in my life. And I just always remember like, you know, every, by the way, every show I have after I'm always like, is that going to be my last performance? Like you always just kind of, you know, it's this, it is really hard sometimes to work through it, you know, but I'm like, no, I'm going to always do it. And every Mm -hmm. time I do it, I'm like, ah, like this is the greatest feeling on earth. Like going back to that feeling of euphoria. And I think a lot of people have, that in their life. And even when people like ask, I'm sure people ask you this all the time. They ask me this, like, how do I find my passion or whatever? It's like, when was the last time you felt anything close to that? It's yeah. probably somewhere in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And, Absolutely. and it's, it's happened in your life, right? It's like whether, and it might've been when you were six, but yeah. like, when can you go back to that feeling? Mm. Cause it's probably tied to that emotion. Yeah. hundred percent. Anyone who's listening, don't stop playing. Yes. Like find your play, like make time to play. Yeah. It's a beautiful lesson from Pyle. It just, it's, I, I think it's huge. I, I genuinely think it's huge. And I, I remember for me, actually, before I started making content, and I've, I've been making content since I was 18, which was never video based. It was just spoken. It was written. It was speeches, etc. And I would just do it because I loved it. I didn't get paid for it. Yep. It didn't, it didn't go anywhere. I didn't, I didn't have any followers. I didn't have any views. I was just doing it because I loved it. Loved I did it. it for at least three hours a day since I was 18. And so when I actually started making videos, which was the first time I started putting it into digital form, the reason I did that is because I was working a job. Yeah. And I asked myself two questions. And I don't even know where these came from, but they came from, I think I used to listen to, and, and this is real, I used to listen to the Steve Jobs Stanford commencement speech mm-hmm. over and over again every single day. And it's literally only like, 15 minutes or whatever it is, but I would listen to it again and again yep. and again. And there's so many parts in it where he talks about don't be trapped by dogma, right. don't be defined by other people's opinions. And those started becoming my voice. And then I remember asking myself these two questions. One was, what advice would I give to my younger self? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question was, my younger self would have never stopped creating because as a young person, I was making, I was writing music, I was writing songs, I was doing a lot of spoken word and rap. And I was sad that I gave that up. You gave that up. I gave up those words as a way of expressing or not that I gave up writing. Actually, I never gave up writing, but I gave up sharing myself in a bigger way with that. Right. Expression. Yeah, totally. And the second thing I asked myself was like, what will I regret on my deathbed? Like, what will I regret Mm. when I'm 80 or 90, whatever age I live till? And I was like, I would have regret that I just accepted that to have a good life, I had to continue having a corporate job and that was it. 
And so that was like, those two questions just forced Forced. me out of that safety net that I was in. Yep. And that really like pushed me forward. So anyone who's listening, just know that, I mean, Pyle is a huge inspiration. I'm just sharing my own little, in my own little way, but you know, it's, it's not that it was easy for you. And I think, I think a lot, a lot of people may, may hear and just be like, oh, but you're really smart and you've always been smart and you found your passion. Huh. It sounds like, you know, yeah. you're super Well, I think that's like right? another important, yeah. important Let's thing. Let's talk Actually, about that. From, my, yeah. yeah, it's funny. My husband always like brings this up. You know, he's always like, like I've worked hard my entire life. I know. Like I spend my, I spend, I'm always working. I'm always thinking. I'm always trying to learn. And I think, um, in, in and I think of play, like, I mean, I it kind of, I was just talking about this, like I, tried to get my work done as quickly as possible and like do it well. And I would, at, even at MIT, I'd be like, Pyle, you have to get straight A's if you want to continue dancing. I put that on myself, okay? And I say that in the sense of, I felt like I kept having to earn the right to play because look, I also believe like, look, like you need to have a good head on your shoulders, like to have to do a lot of the stuff I even do now with the art and stuff and not be able to, you know, look, you need to know how to like, you have responsibilities, pay your bills, all those things like, if you can't do those things, like you, your life might end up going in the wrong direction for other reasons. And you might not be able, you know, I love being able to say like, pursue your passion, but I can say that because I took care of a lot of other things and no, none of this was given to me. My parents didn't come here with anything. I had to, you know, go through and do all my college applications, apply to all the jobs. There was nothing ever handed to me. I worked for everything in my life and I will continue to even till this day, right? Every opportunity but I, I think that's an important thing for people to, to know is that, and it is possible, like anyone, no matter where you start and come from can get there, but you have to work hard. You need to like continue to learn, you know, be respectful and at the same time play. Right. But like I said, it's like, I got my stuff done and then I was like, I'm allowed to play. Yeah. And that's sort of how I kept living my life is like little by little, I kept giving myself more of playtime because I felt like I earned it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And honestly, like I feel as an artist and even doing saw and all that right now, like it's an absolute privilege for me. Mm. And I, I say that cause I'm like, I feel like I've earned this ability to do it, but it was through hard work, yeah. a lot of hard work. And that's, you know, and still like to do anything in your life or and if I even want to do something new or, or try to, I know I'm going to have to do the same exact, I know the formula and the, and the process to go through, yeah. but it always starts with hard work. Yeah. And I'm so glad you raised that point because I think it's so easy. And right now the rhetoric is very much follow your passion and be an entrepreneur and break out. And that is all good advice and it's sound, but the realistic, pragmatic sense right. of just, hey, if you don't understand how to run your business, yeah. then you can chase your passion as much as you want, but right. you're not going to be able to do it long-term. Or if you don't figure out this strategic element, no matter how sincere you are and how incredible your work is. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. feel like I'm really glad you raised that. It's like having so the important. toolkit a little of like, you know, and I, I think, you know, I always think about like, what did I learn in my life that got me here? They're like actual tangible things. Yeah, tell and, us. yeah, I mean, and I've been like, just like thinking a little bit about it. And I think it, it does come from like surrounding yourself with great people, you know, like getting a good education, respecting others. Like, I think it's like putting yourself like good work out there. All those things are all a part of it. And then like this idea of passion leading a passionate life, like like I said, I think I had to keep chipping at it. Like it, mm. right? Like I started in kind of the opposite sides, very similar to you did. And we just kind of had to keep chipping yeah, yeah. to make it a bigger part of our life. For and sure. at the same time, like, I don't know if it was ever like, I don't know if, you know, people always like are like, well, do you feel like you should have started your company right after college? Like, 
no, I don't regret any of my time in corporate America or doing, you know, working in consulting. Yeah. It's because I think it taught me a lot too. And I was, while I was there, I did a good job and Mm -hmm. I learned a lot while I was there. Like take every opportunity that comes in front of you, you know, that you're doing for a reason and do it well at least, right? Or don't do it at all. Yeah. And and learn the fact that, I mean, I know that the time I spent at Accenture, I learned so much. Right. And I look back and I'm like, I learned so many things about the future of AI and VR and AR. And then I focus so much on business and sales and negotiation and just just even basic things like turning up on time to meetings. Right. And, and, yeah, and coming prepared. Right. And being ready to, having to work till midnight if you had to. Yeah. All those sorts of things, which I think are undervalued because it doesn't feel what you're passionate about. Right. And even though I wasn't waking up doing what I was passionate about every day, it was exactly what I needed to right. be able to do what I do now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really powerful message. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you shared that yeah. because it's, it's often missed. Okay. I want to talk about one more thing before we end with our final five questions. Okay. It was, you've talked about your passion for art, mm-hmm. but you're also very passionate about women and women in business. Yep. And that's something you're a big advocate and ambassador for. Let's, yep. yeah, let's open that up. Well, you know, I think uh, so much of the world's spend is by women, right? Like mm. women are like the largest purchasers. Mm. And and I say that in the sense of, I think of the potential of the solutions we still need for things that women, you know, problems that women have in the world. And there's a lot. And I say that in the sense of you can really only really solve problems and going back to what I think entrepreneurship is this stuff you've faced and are really passionate about. So basically about. men are creating the products that women end up buying. Sometimes that yeah. happens. And I think that has been a problem. Um, yeah. And I think like that to me is a huge opportunity, mm. right? Of of like what women can build out there. And I, I see that. And I think that's why there's so much potential of what we can all do. You know, the other thing I would say is I think everything in, in our lives that makes us unique, whether it is our gender whether it's our height, um, <laughs> being 4'11", um, you know, it's tiny, like, but mighty. tiny, but mighty, <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. I just feel like in every situation you can walk in and people will, there's this idea of either people are looking at me with doubts or they're looking at me thinking I'm incredible. Mm. And it's up to you to walk into the room and believe whichever one. And by the way, like the more you walk in being like, I'm incredible, right. And whatever, however you have to set yourself up to walk in the room and believe you're on that, that side of it. I just believe it's, you're going to be able to accomplish more. You're going to just be more confident. You know, it's, it's one of those, it's like actually a self-belief thing. And I, I really want women to know, like, they're not at a disadvantage. Like I really don't, I've never felt like I was at a disadvantage. And I say that in the sense of from a, I, you know, once again, my mom taught me, like, if you want to accomplish something in your life, you go and do it. And of course, like there's some stats, like we still need to fix, like we need we need more women giving money. Like there's these things that we definitely need to shift in the world. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I want, like, I want women to know that they're incredibly exceptional and they're going to build the next like billion dollar companies because there's billion dollar problems that we need to solve for women. Yeah, absolutely. Self-belief is not that everyone will like me, but self-belief is I'll be okay if they don't. Yeah. Because I've, I've learned to walk in with that presence myself. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. I feel like that with, if I ever had a daughter, like I think about it through that. Yeah closest I can connect with the challenge on the other side. And I'm right. like, if I ever had a daughter, I'd want her to be able to dream yep. of being a founder if that's what she wanted to do. Right. Because she sees role models in that sense. Right. And I'd want her to dream of being an athlete or whatever she wants to be. Yep. Because she sees female role models. Seeing other people who've done it. Who l- look like her. Yeah. 
who who act like her, who think yeah. like her, who came from the same sorts of backgrounds that Absolutely. she did. I think, and I think what's great right now, and I yeah. see it all the time, is women sharing how they got there and like their entire life. Like mm. when I started consulting and I would meet some female partners, I didn't know anything about their life. Like mm. I'm like, are you know, are you married? Are you not? I'm not saying everyone wants to, wants that, but I'm like, are you gonna like? Is that the life I want? Are you happy? Like any of those things? Like, do you have anything else going on in your life? How do you play? Any? And I couldn't see that. And I think mm. what's really amazing, and I think like Instagram's been great for this, or and even I do this like at work. It's like sharing more of my life, you know, with people is important. So they realize like, yeah, like be, you know, be kick-ass and all that you do, but you can also be like a human being and have a family and all those things, which I think wasn't always something that we saw. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So my final five, okay. the final five minutes, five questions, all quick, right. quick, quick questions that I love asking. So your number one, a number one entrepreneur dance collaboration, like if you, Wait, could, do a, if you could do a dance collaboration with any other entrepreneur, what would it, who would it be? Um, well, I want to dance with Beyonce and J-Lo. I, okay. I'm like, I'm just going to say they're entrepreneurs. They're both entrepreneurs. <laughs> For the sake of this, yeah, yeah exactly. Entrepreneurs. Yeah, okay. Yes, Beyonce they are, totally. There we go. We're putting it out to the universe. <laughs> yes. Beyonce and J-Lo. I love it. There's okay. going to be a collaboration one day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, how do you play apart from dance? How do I play apart from dance? Yeah. Oh, or does there need to be another one? Is dance enough? No, I mean, I think, you know, for me, going to class is a huge thing. I also, like, I, I love movies. Like mm, I love going to see movies. I know we've gone to see movies yeah, together yeah. all the time. Like, I don't know. I love seeing like other people's creativity. Like that's a great yeah. way I play yeah. is like, you know, whether it's going to see shows or whatever, I love being inspired by other people. That's a great answer. We saw A Star Is Born recently. Yes. So good. So, so good. good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I so agree with that. I literally watch movies to get inspired to yeah, create. Exactly. It's yeah. like, play, it's playtime in a different way, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. The best advice you ever received. This one, I will, my father, I yeah. think, uh, you know, he always, uh, and he still says this, it's, you know, the only thing constant is change. Mm. So you have to always remain adaptable. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Adaptability. Yeah. In every way. One of the hardest skills. Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah. I think we crave as human beings, we crave security and sometimes, you know, finding the sense of like, even this idea of home and what that is, but at the yeah. end of the day, I think you have to kind of always realize like life's always changing and that's okay. Yeah. This one, you can give a bit more of a longer answer, but it's about, you know, what's next? What are you building? What's exciting? What's, you know, whatever you want. Yeah. To I mean, so many things. I mean, ClassPass just launched like internationally and we're continuing Congrats. to launch in amazing. more places. Um, and I think with that, I think what's really cool is, you know, the vision of ClassPass and I've been talking a lot about time. Of course, it started with fitness classes, but we obviously like the vision and everything I'm talking about has to do with much more than just going to a fitness class. And it's, mm. you know, people being able to go to more experiences. This idea of playtime is even going to see a show, mm. right? Or doing other types of classes in photography and, you know, cooking or other things that people are passionate about. It's the same thing I feel in dance, but I think other people people feel doing other things. Yeah. Um, so we continue, we will continue to expand categories, which we're excited to do like the vision of the company for me has always been this idea of a life pass where we're the destination for all your exciting free time. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. And then, um, you know, continuing to dance, I think, you know, for me, uh, doing the show, which we just had a few weeks ago here in LA was like another, another, you know, I hadn't put work out there actually in a few years personally. And so just putting work out there as an artist, I think it just opened my mind up to so much more, 
art I want to create with dance for my culture, for women, for, for, you know, this idea of, of freedom and equality that's needed in the world today. Amazing. And in the future, when you'll be invited to give a MIT commencement speech uh, for new grads, what will be your advice or message to them rewinding back to yourself being in their shoes, in their seats? I remember writing my MIT essay on how my life revolved around the number two. Like literally, I was born on February 2nd and I think I always had like two identities. Yeah. And my, my screen name was Pile 222. Oh. Um, so I think it, there was like this idea of numbers that was, was very uh, a big part of my life. But what, let's see, what would I tell them? Oh my God. I think, um, you know, I think my biggest message for people is to live life on their terms. And I think as you graduate, I think you spend some time about learning about what everyone else wants you to do. And I think that's fine. Like I, like I said, I don't, I don't regret those times. It's about knowing when to get off the train Mm. and to start, you know, walking your own journey. Mm. And I just hope everyone starts walking their own journey at some point. Right. And the train is empty at the end. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Pyle. Absolutely. That's Thank amazing. you for having You're me, You're incredible. Your, your answers, anyone who's been listening today, I love the fact that we talked about entrepreneurship, we talked about dance, we talked about creativity, we talked about purpose, intention, and mission. We talked about women in business. You know, we, we've talked about so many things, but what I love about you is that you're someone that I can go from being philosophical to being really practical with. Yeah. And, and we can go from being really like, okay, how do we break that down? Right. To like, let's get our head up in the clouds and dream. <laughs> yeah, And absolutely. And I love, yeah, thank you for being such an amazing friend. Thank Thanks, you for Jay. being in my life. Don't ever leave. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for doing this. I, thank I you, really Jay. hope people are going to learn a lot from it. Thanks for sharing these thank stories you, with other thank people. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. 
Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife, Radhi, and I would go on our adventures... I'd meticulously plan out our itineraries and book our accommodations in advance. It's like a yearly tradition that we do. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to every step of the way. Whether I want to be a simple guy nestled in the countryside or be the stylish and modern guy in the heart of the city, Booking.com never fails to offer a wide range of options that perfectly suit your preferences. And they have everything you need to turn your travel dreams into reality, offering accommodations here in the US. Plus, the ease of booking through the app makes the whole process a breeze. So trust me when I say, when it comes to planning unforgettable getaways, Booking.com is where it's at. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com. Booking.yeah. 